Before we begin, just to let you guys know, our logo artwork was designed by Nicole Anarchy and music by Taylor Paisley French. Warning, this podcast does contain spoilers for the Verse series. Hello everyone and welcome to the best damn camp. Oh, oh god. <laughs> I've got it right written right in front of me and I've forgotten how to speak. Orion Bell's really long and has this podcast. It's sent out <sighs> It's one of those days. This says how to read all the books by Rick Riordan in timeline order. I'm a friendly neighbourhood lesbian author and host, Fran. Welcome to the show. Yes, I finally introduced a proper uh, introduction to me being an author and I've written that down and that was the only part I got correct in that intro so enjoy this is exactly how this episode is gonna go today <laughs> uh, it's what I get when I try to be productive and like record multiple episodes ahead of time because I'm not gonna be record I'm oh my god I'm not gonna be able to record anything in November basically because I'm doing national writing month which is basically trying to write 50,000 words in one month um which is like at least the start of a book well the majority of a book at least three fourths of a book usually depending on what you're writing and so uh I want to get as many episodes recorded prior to that so I can actually dedicate my time to doing National Writing Month uh wish me luck on that and um yeah let's uh (laughs) Let's get into it. So today we are continuing our timeline journey with the Mark of Athena section entitled Charleston, which is from pages 204 to 236. As always, I've got my points to focus on. So today we've got problematic elements, characters, gods, and generally what I thought of it. So let's dive in. Uh, just to put, not like a disclaimer, but basically I am going to be... Um, probably more biting than I usually am due to the fact that this section is the confederate section and um I hate it (laughs) so uh you know just just a warning ahead of time obviously I'm not gonna well I mentioned it a little bit in the overview but um uh it's mainly going to be in the actual section hence why the the problematic elements part um but you know just just a a a heads up (laughs) I know I'm already scathing. Uh, by the way, uh, merchandise for uh, the most hated Percy Jackson content creator are now up at my merch store. So if you uh, if 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 you want to get stuff, I think I've also done one, which is um, <laughs> sit down and listen to my hot takes, or sit down and listen to my, to my Percy Jackson hot takes, or something like that. Um, or no, 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 that was it ask me about my Percy Jackson hot takes um so if you want any of that sort of stuff um do that I think there are deals on on my merch store at the moment so if you want to get things at discounted price and also help me make money um you can do that so uh yeah check those things out (laughs) uh anyway sorry this section is all from Annabeth's point of view we are finally back with my girl Annabeth 
it's taken 200 pages but we're finally back with that well okay not 200 pages close to 200 pages to be back with Annabeth's point of view in her own book but uh, we are here so here is the overview for Annabeth's chapters the trio from before arrive battered and exhausted calling for the ship to take off and fast when they're in the air Frank and Percy tell them of what has happened and that they need to head to Charleston when asked why, Percy said it's because of the Mark of Athena. There's a map somewhere in Charleston. We then learn that Jason had an encounter with a ghost with Rayner while there, and he believes the map may be in an old Confederate submarine. The boys, Frank, Jason and Leo, plan to go to the submarine while the girls go to meet the ghost. But Percy is staying back on the ship because uh, he's not doing great after the whole, you know, aquamarine life trapped in cages sort of thing. Around this time, we learn of Annabeth's meeting with her mother, um, who is in desperate need for revenge against the Romans for what they did. And she needs Annabeth to right the wrong with the mark of Athena. It ends with Athena badmouthing Annabeth and her relationship, which, you know, is not fun, and asking her to avenge her. Back in the present, the girls arrive where the ghost was seen and it is revealed to be Aphrodite. The only one of three gods to be the same as they were before. Love, revenge and wine. Sitting them down for tea, Aphrodite speaks of the connection between love and war. As well as offering sound direction for the battle to come and where Annabeth can find the map. Unfortunately for them, the Romans have arrived and there's no way to escape. Dun dun dun! <laughs> And that is the opening for, no, it's not the opening, it's these first, is it two chapters? I think these are only two chapters. Maybe, no, it is just two chapters. I'm confused, I can't remember now. <laughs> there's maybe three chapters actually, and then the next section is, there's a mix and mash, it doesn't matter. Anyway, um, <laughs> let's get into the feedback section. Um, in news surprising no one, um, Leo's a dick and he's worse in this section like he's just he's just mean like just generally mean like he's saying that frank is worth less than others he's making fun of him for not being able to figure out how to do the chinese finger trap but then also not telling him how to and then steals the only bit of clothes he has left and throws them away basically like Frank has nothing left because of Leo I just the, the more I go into this series and go back to because I've not read Heroes of Olympus since the first time I read it which was what when I was when I was 20 yeah about when I was 20 I think I've read it here and there every so often for like when I'm doing other people's podcast stuff but I don't think I've ever read it fully since again just because even when I was like first reading the series it wasn't my favorite but Leo is so much meaner than I thought he was. Like, I knew he was bad, but I just, I didn't actually remember how unkind he was to Frank in general in this series. Like, I knew he wasn't great, but this is just kind of like next level. Like, I'm not, I don't want to shame anyone for liking Leo, but for anyone who does can you just dm me as to why and i don't mean this in like a facetious is facetious the word i want to use i don't know um 
I don't mean this in like a belittling way. I am just generally curious as to why Leo is people's favourite character. Because like, the only thing I can think of is that like he's sarcastic like Percy and has a sad backstory. And those are the only things that define to me as to kind of what sort of person he is. That and he's just very ADHD. But like he's just he just doesn't seem like a nice person. So I just I don't know. I just it surprises me. Also, additionally, then surprised about the fact that Leo is excited to see a Confederate submarine. Um, I mean, it's a it's a Confederate. <laughs> it's something the Confederates made. It just it surprises me. I don't know. But um, I guess he's from the South, isn't he? He's from Texas. But he's also Latino. I don't know. I don't know. I admit, I don't know enough about the Confederacy Confederacy stuff to understand if that's like a thing people in America do of just like they look at old confederate stuff and marvel I don't know it just sounds weird to me then like I guess it'd be similar to how the British Empire still has kept all the stuff that we stole I know we're not an empire anymore but we're basically still are because we've not returned any of the shit that we stole um there's a petition somewhere if I can find the petition to call for um, British museums to return stolen artefacts. I will link it in the episode show notes because there's probably one. But um, yeah, we've not returned any of the stuff we stole. So I guess like when I go to museums, technically, I guess I'm marvelling at the British Empire because I'm looking at the stuff we stole. I went on a huge tangent. Sorry. That was just... <laughs> um... Speaking of the Confederacy stuff, like, I have thoughts on this Confederacy bullshit that we do have in this story. But first, for now, let's talk about that complete non-apology from Jason and Leo towards Hazel. Like, hold on. Firstly, let's discuss the fact that the Confederacy reference comes before Jason's attempt to apologise to Hazel. So it's page 208. Let's just go to it now. 208, 208, 208, here it is, so we have this whole thing, um, we've found out that Camp Jupiter were confederates, Jason goes, eh, not all of us, <laughs> he quite literally said not all confederates, uh, Hazel's not pleased about that in general, being, you know, someone who is the granddaughter of someone who was a slave, you know, not great, um, to which Jason says the whole, not all Romans, and then goes, yeah, not cool. Um, sometimes demigods make bad choices. He looks sheepishly at Hazel. Like, sometimes we're too suspicious and we speak without thinking. He then elbows Leo, who needs prompting, and says, I mean, yeah, bad choices. Like, not trusting people's brothers who, you know, might need saving, hypothetically speaking. So... They don't actually apologise. That is their attempt at an apology that does not, firstly, ever include the word sorry. And as Leo then says at the end, it's hypothetical. It's a hypothetical apology. They don't actually say they're sorry to her for saying that they should leave her brother to die. And Jason doesn't refer to it at all. Leo at least refers to it, but it needs prompting to do so, and then says it's hypothetical. Like, at least say the bloody words. Why is it so hard to say the word sorry? Like, come on now. <laughs> I like, oh, mm -mm -mm. just not, not a fan. Um, uh, just 
to move on to the Athena bit because this actually was quite interesting. Um, the only thing that I'm confused about is why Annabeth was confused about why Athena was confused. Like, Athena is very much like super split mind, which she's the main god that all of that would make sense for because Athena received the biggest change from Greek to Roman. She went from a war goddess who was a battle strategist who was incredible who was super important in Greek mythology and in Greek culture to basically being written off from a god uh, from a war god to just basically being an arts and crafts goddess who was not appreciated and not liked or cared about by the Romans like that her being so split in her mind makes so much sense I just I don't fully get why Annabeth is confused as to why Athena is confused and kind of flitting from two different images all the time because she's quite literally split because her two different Greek and Roman counterparts are so different they're completely different people so it it was just strange to me as to why Annabeth was confused like Annabeth I know you're in a hyper emotional state because this was when Percy was still missing but you use your brain (laughs) Like the logic is there, and it was just, it was just, it was just strange. But the fact that Athena is just so angry, like she has enough conscious thought to be angry at the Romans for what they did to her version. Although, as we, as I recently discovered, um, it was Minerva who made uh, Medusa a gorgon. So Minerva was still very, you know, cruel and like harsh but I don't know it was just it was and it doesn't matter stupid of it um where was I going with that <laughs> um but the, the introduction of the Mark of Athena thing it, it's interesting I've got to say although it's just that that whole scene was just it the whole scene with Annabeth and her mum Annabeth didn't really like Annabeth to me like a lot of her conversation and a lot of her situation that she's thinking about there, she's kind of not really focusing on what her mum's talking about. Like, her mum was disrespected, something was stolen, she was disrespected to the highest level. Um, it is why she could never forgive the Romans, blah, 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 blah. Of course, when we find out it's a fucking statue, it's a bit pathetic. But, like, Annabeth is definitely, like, I know, it sounds mean. She knows where Percy is at this point, she knows that he's at the Roman camp, they just can't get there. And she's even found out from Rachel that it's likely that they won't be able to reach him until Leo finishes the ship. But she's more concerned about Percy than the fact that her mum is like like this. And like so split in her mind and just so kind of out there that Annabeth isn't kind of fully paying attention you know she then gets hurt from what her mother is saying and like her mother was completely in the wrong for saying you know like you disappointed me Annabeth blah 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 but it was still really weird that she asks her mum to help her find Percy when she knows where Percy is and she basically knows why she can't find him right now because Rachel you know the oracle has kind of explained basically why I don't know why she was asking her mum to help. It was just really random. Like, focus on what your mum is saying, because clearly it's important. I know she's kind of scatterbrained at the moment, but, you know, there's something going on here. And also, like, as we find out in this section as well, it seems that the reason why 
Athena is this scatterbrained and this split and why the Mark of Athena is so important is because it could have been it could be why the fights between the demigods kept happening it's so stupid because it's to do with a fucking statue <laughs> but just I, I don't know it just it felt weird to me that instead of Annabeth trying to figure out what her mum was talking about and try and figure out what was going on she was more focused about asking her mum about where Percy was and if she could help her find Percy or etc etc hold on what is it huh. what is it exactly that she asked her mum sorry I know I should remember this but I've, li- I've done a previous episode just before this so I'm slightly scatterbrained uh yeah so she talks she's found out where the location was more or less but Jason can't fully remember um Rachel the Oracle had tried to read the future and while she couldn't see much she was certain that Leo needed to finish the Argo before they could contact the Romans uh Annabeth spent all the time with uh Sally um also scouring all sources for any rumours of Percy uh, blah, 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 blah. she met her mum here blah, blah, blah. Um, 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 um. Uh, she talks about destroying the Romans tells her mum to avenge uh, te- Athena wants her to avenge her um, so yeah so she's talking all about the Mark of Athena gives Annabeth a coin. Annabeth says she had no idea what it meant. She didn't understand why her mum was acting like this, Minerva or not. She shouldn't be so confused. Again, stupid. It makes sense because she's split. She's split between the two of them. She keeps going back and forth because of everything that's happening. They know this. To which she then says, Mum, Percy's missing. I need your help. Why are... I don't get why she's asking her for help. And then she she explains about Hera's plan for bringing the camps together blah 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 I don't get why she's doing that either like I know it's Percy related but surely she'd be trying to figure out what's going on with Athena at this point in time because as she's literally just stated out in the literally the page before well actually no two pages before because there was more Athena stuff previously she knows that she can't find Percy yet because they can't contact the Romans until Leo finishes the boat and he's not finished the boat yet. I know the whole thing was just really weird and it just felt like there's a reason for Athena just to be mean to Annabeth. Well, no, I just... Annabeth is a curious mind. Her mum is acting erratic and confused. Talks about the mark of Athena, talks about revenge against the Romans, etc, etc, etc. Try and gain more information? I don't get why she's asking about Percy because she knows where Percy is she knows eventually she's going to see him because that's what everyone's saying that's the direction it seems to be going so why she, I, I don't know it's just it was just really it doesn't make sense this is what I mean as to why I feel like Annabeth just doesn't feel like her I'll talk about that, about that a little bit more in the character section I, I know I've rambled on a little bit in this feedback part but I don't know this is this is the thing about it but I just don't think Rick understands how to write from a female perspective when they've got a male love interest because it's just it both Annabeth and Piper just really like similar characters in this series at the moment a lot of what they do and a lot of who they are centers around their love interest it's just weird (laughs) 
Um, but focusing again on the feedback section. One thing that I'm really... I kind of hate, and it it makes me not like Percy a little bit, is that Annabeth mentions that um, Percy didn't believe that she had ADHD because she got good grades. Like, reading that, like, physically pained me. Because, firstly, ADHD appears differently in different people and also appears even more differently in different genders. Like, a lot of people don't think I'm dyslexic because I read and I write books and I've published books. I mean, I'm still dyslexic. I'm like, (laughs) people also don't believe that I'm autistic because I can communicate with people and function as a human being, which firstly, oh, there's a lot of ableism in that in general, but just (laughs) learning disabilities appear differently in different people. I just reading that line just kind of really irked to me because whether he meant it as a joke or not, it's not okay. She does struggle. She says it herself. Is if a place that she's working in isn't tidy, she cannot focus. She needs a clean, sparse room to work in because that's the only way that she can focus. So I don't know. It just it rode me the wrong way to read that. Percy said that. Because Percy knows, Percy knows the struggle, but he knows that his struggles are different. Um, I will say that I'm actually really sad that Frank didn't get to tell Annabeth about his fire stick, because that was like how the, that chapter ended before they head into Castlewood itself. Because he was about to tell her, and then the lunch bell sounded, and then he didn't, and then he never tells her again <laughs> because they don't see each other for a whole book. I don't think she ever actually finds out. But I just let just I liked the small interaction. I would just it would be nice if they bonded a little bit more and had moments to talk, because like there's a moment that Annabeth has where she basically kind of says to Frank, <laughs> "Okay, mm, this is the writing error of Rick." So Rick kind of puts the bullying that Leo is doing to Frank on Frank. Like, Annabeth basically says uh, to ignore Leo because he's only jabbing at you because he's intimidated by you because Frank's a big, tall guy and has Hazel, although she doesn't say that part aloud. <laughs> that's that's literally that whole stupid thing of, like, if oh, if a boy tugs at your hair, it's because he likes you. No, it's because he's a dick. It's not because he likes you. It's because he's the little shit. Who <laughs> should be taught not to be a shit? I just I can't stand that rhetoric of someone's bullying you because they're intimidated. Like it's just you're just putting the blame on the victim doing that by basically saying, "Oh, it's because of how you look that he's bullying you." Which, firstly, is still bullying. I don't know. I just no one's calling Leo out on his shit. No one is calling Leo out on what he's been doing to Frank. Frank is basically kind of just being told to let it go in this moment because the only reason why he's being bullied is because he's tall, buff, and dating someone. That's just that's just not on. Just tell Leo to not be a dickhead. Like, it's just common sense. I know they don't really know each other, but just call them out. I mean, because they don't know each other, I feel like it should be easier to call each other out. Um, also, the additional... Uh, not a plot hole maybe I'm just I just missed it just to go into relationships and people 
How does Annabeth know that Piper was trying to interpret the visions from her knife before Jason and Percy tried to kill each other? I don't remember Piper telling anyone that's what she was seeing in her knife. And I could be wrong. If I, if anyone's listening and they remember that, that scene happening where Piper and Annabeth talk about this or Piper mentions that she mentioned this to Annabeth or something, let me know because I just don't remember. But I am... Um, somehow not retaining any information about this book so I could just be missing it but um that's just all I kind of have for the feedback situation um I don't really have anything further to say so we're just gonna go right on in to the problematic elements um and basically all of the problematic elements um <laughs> are to do with the confederates amazing why are we tying a camp to the fucking confederates Stop it. It was bad enough when you tied Hades' kids to fucking Nazis. Why are you doing it to the Confederate? Stop doing it. Stop doing it right now. <laughs> if they do not remove this from the book, from the TV series for the, the Nazi situation, and if they don't remove this, if they ever adapt Heroes of Olympus, I don't know if I can cope because I've hated this from the start. I just... You can have conflict of the demigods and have them on opposing sides. Fine, that's good. I have no problem with that. But have it be with their own wars, not actual human history, where there is objectively a real bad side. It wasn't that. It was just a general civil conflict where someone didn't agree with, hey, that bit's my land. And they were like, hey, no, that's my land. Fisticuffs. And it was like, hey, I want to treat human beings as, you know, shit and as low as just treat people terribly and i was like hey maybe not although they weren't very great either they were again i don't know enough of confederates or the civil war or american history in general but you know it's objectively the confederates were never good people <laughs> they were just never no 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 they were not it was not to do with land rights it was to do with slavery <sighs> anyway just you don't need you don't need to tie demigod conflicts to human history you don't need to do it there is no reason for it just have them have their own wars (sighs) rick also by the way really had jason basically say it wasn't me (laughs) um and it wasn't all romans and jason literally was like hey I didn't do it when <laughs> Hazel said to find out that her camp were on the side of the Confederates and that it wasn't cool. And Jason being like, hey, it wasn't me. <laughs> oh my God. And then basically saying it wasn't the conf- <laughs> It wasn't all Camp Jupiter on the Confederate side and all Greeks on the Union side. You know, it wasn't all Romans. I mean, just come on. Stop. But no, just don't have this. Rick, I know you like American history stuff, but god damn it, stop this. Stop this now. And also stop saying Luke, a grown man, had a crush on Annabeth. She was a child. So let's move into character. (laughs) Oh god, I just, I can't, I can't. I've probably spoken too loud already and just rage so yeah characters i've just i realized i've already talked about leo quite a bit already just basically saying i just don't get why people like him but if you would like to explain to me why you like him i would i will open with like an open i will listen with an open mind um because i just i just don't get it i mean he's stolen frank's clothes 
Frank has no more clothes other than the stuff he's currently wearing and maybe some pyjamas. That's mean. But um, going into Annabeth, so I kind of talked a little bit about before of like, I just feel like Annabeth doesn't feel like herself in this. Um, but uh, I'm not going to talk too much about that because I've already kind of said it. But the one thing I will say is I'm kind of disappointed that instead of having a moment to bond with the girls, like so Annabeth, Piper and Hazel are all heading to like, I can't remember exactly where it is, but it's like a gazebo, it's like a field with um where they're going to meet the ghost which then turned out to be aphrodite um and instead of kind of talking with the girls like for like two three two and a half probably pages they are walking to where the ghost is and they talk once and they don't really even talk to each other and it's just it's just weird like this would have been a great moment to actually have the girls be bonding with each other. This is also the first time Annabeth and Hazel have ever actually had a conversation and it was one it was one response to each of them. Two at the most, but one of them wasn't even technically a direct response to Hazel saying something from Annabeth. They've spoken directly to each other twice, technically, and this is the only time it happens. It never happens again. And it's just... This would have been a good moment for the girls to bond with each other. But instead, Annabeth basically dedicates most of her time to thinking about Percy. Um, and her and honestly, just the things where she's thinking about her relationship with Percy don't always sound great. Like, when she, like, he doesn't think she's got ADHD because she gets good grades. And then she also talks about the fact that so she goes into this philosophical mindset of like the beautiful architecture in this area and just wondering if basically such a terrible you know like the confederacy is absolutely horrific absolutely terrible and yet somehow the the architecture and the things that they built was so incredible done for terrible things in most cases of like the war stuff and then she had a thought of like are things made so beautiful to cover up the ugliness of the cruelty beneath it and she gets like really philosophical and then she basically says if she'd <laughs> she basically said that percy would hate her thinking like this or talking about this and i just that just makes me really sad because if someone doesn't like she describes that when she's talking about things that she's passionate about his eyes glaze over and i've talked about this before because i think it was mentioned in um the last Olympian and even like Battle of the Labyrinth as well where basically Percy doesn't really pay attention to what Annabeth is saying the only time we know that he's paid attention is when it's referenced in the Titan's Curse but then it doesn't kind of happen again but like if you can't listen to your part to what your partner is passionate about and actually actively listen you're not a good partner it's just really weird that this is like <laughs> this is meant to be the like the greatest love story that everyone talks about sorry see me brain um but then you've got like percy saying she you know he doesn't think she has adhd because she gets good grades and then doesn't listen to her when she talks about her passions it's just it's just really sad and then just as a whole for this section annabeth is noticing that piper and hazel are in their own world and clearly distressed about something but she doesn't talk to them girls girlies this is bonding time. They talked about this being a girl's adventure and then they don't talk to each other. Bond. Talk. Girl time. Please. 
do it. <laughs> oh, I just, I just want, I just want them to be proper friends and just communicate. <laughs> Is that too much to ask? Oh, and it gets worse because then now Beth is talking about how she thinks Nico has a crush on her after she helped save him and his sister. Which, firstly, no, she doesn't. She fucking disappears. <laughs> she maybe saved them from it, but she vanished. He didn't see her again until they came back to camp. And then they never talked because Percy has to talk to him and say, hey, your sister's dead. And then Nico disappears and she never sees him again till near the end of Battle of the Labyrinth. And then she doesn't see him again until the Battle for Manhattan. <laughs> Girl, you have spent no time around Nico. There is no possible chance he could have a crush on you because you don't see him. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Honey, no. <laughs> I'm just... You've barely spent time around him. When could he develop a crush? And then, obviously, add more jokes to this. She's just like, oh, I knew it. <laughs> Nico is talking about Percy being his type. It's like, no, you didn't. You thought he had a crush on you. Which, again, makes no sense because you've not been in his proximity. For a total of maybe four days, you've been near him in over three years. No. Yet, no. <laughs> oh, my God. And then it just gets funnier because I did laugh reading the line of how she has to work twice as hard as a blonde to get recognition. When he's also firstly surrounded at this current point of, by two women of colour, thankfully this scene will actually make sense if we get Heroes of Olympus adapted because it will be Leah and obviously talking about the reality of as someone who is a girl and a girl of colour, she would definitely be having to work hard uh, twice as hard to actually get recognition but there is no evidence in this series firstly that Annabeth has ever had to work twice as hard to get recognition until it's come to this point where like the Romans have been like oh yeah but no everyone has seen her as intelligent like I don't know if it's like her being facetious and kind of not really actually being serious but this is 100% the line that everyone takes to being like ah see see her being blonde is super important I'm like no it's not because firstly, none of this is fucking true. <laughs> no one has ever not taken Annabeth seriously because of her hair colour. Hair colour literally makes no bloody difference. I mean, my god. The Simpsons made a joke about this not too long. Well, it was a while ago probably. But like, Lisa's talking about how she's blonde and then dyes her hair brown. And then the moment she shows herself to be blonde, you'd be like, ah oh, no, we can't agree with any of your points. I mean... It's a joke. <laughs> no one's ever not taken seriously because they're blonde. If you're smart and you're showing it, you know, people are going to take you seriously. Obviously, in the case of women and people of colour, unfortunately, you do have to work twice as hard because society's shit. But it's not because she's blonde. It makes sense if she was talking about how her being a girl means she has to work twice as hard to get recognition. But it doesn't, and it would, it would have made so much more sense if she'd said, as a girl, she has to work twice as hard. Because yes, yes, because that's true, that's true. But it doesn't, and it just then reads really, really. It's just like really, 
you're, you're next to a Native American girl and a young African American girl and I really do hope it wasn't actually meant to be taken seriously oh, I just need to read the context of that situation of like does it read as like facetious to a degree because I feel like it must do because it just <laughs> oh god it's just it's a moment isn't it hold on I've gone too I've gone too far um um oh yeah so she was instantly jealous but it seems so she it looks like Aphrodite is bringing this out in her um oh yeah so everything seemed calculated to make annabeth feel inadequate but she's talking about how the hair of the woman is changing from long straight blonde to dark chocolatey curls and feels jealous jealous she wished she had dark hair she felt like nobody took her seriously as a blonde she had to work twice as hard to get any recognition as a strategist architect senior counselor anything that had to do with brains okay so it does actually kind of sound a little bit like she is being serious but then the whole thing later on where it says it feels like it, everything was calculated to make Annabeth feel inadequate so it, it doesn't and then she says that her jealousy was irrational the woman was making her feel this way um also I don't know if she says she's had this experience before I'm like you've not been around Aphrodite before so you can't have had this feeling before so that was weird um but yeah but I can't think, like, there's no moment in this series where Annabeth has had to work twice as hard to get recognition as a strategist. She is literally the first person anyone goes to. An architect. She was the architect for the gods. <laughs> and as a senior counsellor, like, even before she was counsellor, everyone looked to her. She was a leader in most situations. Even at age 12, she was help leading and strategising uh, Capture the Flag. And there were older Athena kids than her. It just happened to be that she was there longer. And that led to her getting more, you know, belief in her from others. I don't know, it was just, it was just a really weird line. Um, and like I said, just <laughs> it just didn't feel like something Annabeth would say. If she was talking about her being a girl, sure, because that is a thing that happens. But it was, just, it was just so out of the blue and so random. But it's unfortunately now the line that every... every knobhead uses to justify why Leah shouldn't have been cast Leah is our Annabeth grow up or fuck off I mean hopefully you just fuck off um but yeah the only other thing I want to talk about is gods and it's basically just about how Aphrodite deserved so much better than this so many amazing amazing points were made here they just never get explored or looked at seriously like she talks about how love and war do go hand in hand and like as I've said before, many who do go to war usually do so out of love for someone. To act as if a love goddess is not of use in an upcoming war just annoys me. Because Annabeth is literally annoyed that the only gods that seem to actually be in their right minds are Aphrodite, Dionysus and the goddess of revenge. So, you know, love, revenge and wine. But like, firstly, Dionysus was a demigod warrior he was made a god revenge you know revenge against Gaia revenge against the giants or what they're doing you know it works and love as a motivator just look at things you're meant to be intelligent Annabeth look at things in a tactical way <laughs> um of course in this world of mythology it makes sense that uh they'd be annoyed because Aphrodite is a useless god in this story much to my frustration but um yeah, I just, 
There is so there is oh, there was potential for girl bonding and girls getting along and girl friendship that I desperately need in this series, but they didn't do it. <laughs> Aphrodite, just seeing Aphrodite again always makes me sad because I just she's such an interesting goddess and then she doesn't get the chance to be, and then no one apologizes to Hazel properly. And Frank's being bullied and no one's apologising to him. It's just all of a mess. <laughs> Although, uh, I will stay for last week, the Chinese finger trap thing. I have now remembered that there was significance to it. And we see this in this chapter with Frank and Annabeth getting involved. because Getting involved. Talking. Because he's asking her to explain how the finger trap works. And obviously we find out later on that that's off use because she remembers showing him that. And how it works. Um, I still, honest, I don't understand how those things work because pushing it together to try and get your fingers out, but then you still don't get them out because you're pushing them further in. It was anyway. Uh, <laughs> it's just, it was just, it was just a choice. Um, but yeah, I don't really have anything further to say. I know, sorry, I'm just getting really annoying now, aren't I? People probably don't even like listening to my podcast anymore. If people even are, I don't even think many people do, but. <laughs> um except my friends hi friends um i know i just rant about a lot of things but it, it's heroes of olympus in particular just because there was just there was there's just so much potential so much potential but it just does it just doesn't reach it for me there are elements that i do enjoy but they are very few and far between which is why just my episodes just do end up sounding just ranty this is definitely the worst bit of it, though, because it was it's the height of the Confederate discussion, which, ugh. But, yeah. Sorry, I, I will move on, because, obviously, the thing that you all want to know, which is this week's question of the episode, which is the thing that I want to know from people, is, does anyone else see Leo's bullying tendencies, or is it just me? Because I swear I'd never see this mentioned anywhere. <laughs> so I would like to know, yeah, does anyone see Leo's bullying tendencies, or, honestly, is it just me? I would like to know so that'll go up on the social media so let me know your thoughts um as always though thank you all for joining me for this week's section be sure bleh, be sure to join me next wednesday as we continue our ryan verse journey to plug where you can find our podcast we're available on spotify apple Podcasts, audio boom stitcher and basically where we listen to your podcasts in the meantime between episodes you can find the best damn camp on various social media at best damn camp pod on instagram and twitter if you want to email me with your thoughts on the episode you can email the best damn camp at hotmail.com or if you want to support the podcast you can head over to the patreon page at patreon.com slash a healthy dose of Fran, which is linked in the episode show notes for things like early access to episodes and other exclusive perks. Want more Royal Universe content? Check me out on YouTube at a healthy dose of Fran. And if you want to support my writing career, drop me a follow at a dose of Fran on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Again, thank you all for tuning in. As always, I've been Fran, your very own hunter, and I'll see, shall I speak to you all next time. Bye.